0: Thank you for joining us once again for Kingdom Rock Radio. Now here's a sample of today's broadcast. So Jesus hung on the cross for our offenses. Uh, just like in the Old Testament, the worshipers come and, uh, and all of our sins goes on that lamb. And at that moment, God judges the sin. Boom! And the blood is shed and then after they uh, have finished with the lamb they take that lamb into the fire and it is burned the sins are burned away which is exactly what took place in the life of jesus christ as he goes into the Lord parts of the earth the sins are burned off of him well how do we know that the sins are burned off of him because on the third day he rose from the dead remember if you would like to hear more about our ministry just log on to kingdomrock.org that's KingdomRock.org. Now sit back, relax, and enjoy the rich word of God. Go with me and your Bibles to 2 Corinthians. 2 Corinthians 5. We'll start here today on our uh, brief journey today through the rich word of God. Now remember, uh, we started this month uh, with the purpose of letting you know really who Jesus is and, and why he is so important to us as human beings on this planet why he is so important to us on last sunday we spoke from the message entitled eternal love and uh, make sure you get a copy of that if at all possible uh, because this this faith walk with christ or the or christ existence jesus's existence uh, started long before mary and joseph hallelujah Jesus just didn't exist when he was born there in the manger. No, Christ was alive well before the foundation of the world. As a matter of fact, the Bible declares in John that he is God. Beginning was the word, the word was with God, and the word was God. Going down to verse 14, and that word became flesh and dwelt among men, right? So he always was, and always is, and always shall be. The scripture says plainly, for unto us a child was born, but the son was given. Child, meaning the flesh of Jesus, the flesh of Jesus was born, but the son was given. The son was always, always was, always is and always shall be. Hallelujah. There is a difference. And I pray that if you pray with me, we'll get into these rich, get into the God's rich word and we'll we'll go well beneath the, the surface and find all of that hidden wisdom in the word of God. Amen. But today, let's go, let's look at 2 Corinthians. Are you as, are you, are, are you as excited about this as I am? Amen. Hallelujah. Yeah. Oh, praise the Lord. I'm excited. Let's look at this. 2 Corinthians, the fifth chapter. 2 Corinthians 5, but we're going to start at verse 17 and, and read down to verse 21. 2 Corinthians 5, verse 17 through 21. And it reads like this. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. All things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. Thank God. Amen. Verse 18. And all things are of God who hath reconciled us to himself by Jesus Christ and hath given to us the ministry of reconciliation. Look at verse 18. He said, and all things are of God who hath reconciled. That is to bring us back in relationship with God. All right. He said, God was He said, uh, who hath reconciled us to himself by Jesus Christ and hath given to us the ministry of reconciliation. To wit, uh, that God was in Christ reconciling the world unto himself, not imputing their trespasses unto them and hath committed unto us the ministry of reconciliation. Now then, we are ambassadors for Christ. As though God did beseech you by us, we pray you in Christ's stead, be ye reconciled to God, for he hath made him to be sin for us, who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. Somebody say praise the Lord. Lord. All right, all right. Help me pray just for a second. Father, we thank you in Jesus' name for this time and this this moment that you have appointed to take place. We ask, Father, that you would just have your complete way. Lord give me the the anointing that makes preaching and teaching easy. Lord give us the uh, the anointing that makes hearing easy. Lord that we may hear your word and receive it and may be so that that word may be applied in our lives. Father, we pray that the word of God will be sown on good, rich, fertile ground that it may produce a mighty harvest that will change our lives and the lives of others around us. And it is in Jesus name that we pray. Let it be hearts. amen. amen a few things we want to see i I don't want to get uh there's just so so far to go Woo! it's so far to go and so wonderful i feel like again i'm at ryan's and i'm i'm anybody been at go to ryan's and you're hungry you're starving and you just don't know what what side of the buffet table to go to first hallelujah we're in that ryan's right now buddy and i'm telling you i'm about to jump up if you watch it i feel a cartwheel coming on today Look again at verse number 18. It says, and all things are of God who hath reconciled us to himself by Jesus Christ. God was in Christ. As a matter of fact, look at verse 19. It says to it that God was in Christ reconciling the world unto himself. God in Christ pulling us back together. You think about the word reconciliation. I think about marriages or, or couples that have uh, uh, they're having a difficult time and they're going through a reconciliation process. In other words, they're coming back together, coming back into unity, one with another. What well, God wanted us so badly and or shall we say so goodly, if you want to say that he entered into Christ, so to speak, and brought us back personally, brought us back into fellowship with himself. Isn't that wonderful? And you're going to see this in verse. Um, let's look at verse number 20. It says, uh, now, then we are ambassadors for Christ as though God did beseech you by us. We pray you in Christ said, be ye reconciled to God. In other words, you must agree with God to be brought back into right relationship and fellowship with him. The word beseech means to beg. We beg you. We beg you, be in right relationship with God. The Father has already opened the door for us. He already says you're welcome to come on back home. He already says that right here and right now. Be reconciled to God. Hallelujah. Amen. Look at verse 21. It says, now this is the trouble, and this is really, verse 21 starts us off oh so wonderfully. It starts us off in this direction of understanding um, the resurrection and everything that Jesus Christ accomplished for us. Verse 21 is so powerful. It says again, for he have made him. God has made him. That is Christ to be sin for us who knew no sin. Jesus knew no sin that we might be made the righteousness of God in Christ. What in the world does that mean? The Bible says again that God made Jesus to be sin for us. He made Jesus to be sin for us. In other words, the Lord Jesus, we know he was born of a virgin. The body, the, the, the child was born to be our perfect sacrifice. The Bible declares that without the shedding of blood, there can be no remission of sin. There can be no forgiveness of sin. Jesus came as the perfect sacrifice. The Bible declares in the book of John several times that Jesus is the lamb of God that takes away the sins of the world. And so when it came time, the fullness of time, when Jesus had to be slain on that cross as as, as a lamb before God, when he when he got on the cross, God put all of the sins of all mankind on him. Every sin that you would ever commit, every sin that I would ever commit, every sin that they committed during Bible times and every sin uh, uh, prior to that and every sin in that goes beyond us. Every sin of all mankind was put on the body of Jesus Christ. He became sin for us. And at that moment on the cross, hear me at that moment on the cross, God turned his back on his son. What am I talking about? Let's go to the book of Matthew. I want you to see this because this is so, so very powerful. Matthew 27. You know this, uh, they say the, the, the final words of Christ, Matthew 27. I'll give you a moment to get that. God judged all the sin of mankind in the body of Jesus Christ. Jesus died as our substitute. In other words, we can say he died for us. And we could also say he died as us. I pray you hearing me. He died in our place for that moment in time. If we could look in the spirit, we would see our name written in the body of Jesus because he died for us. He took our place. The punishment that he endured on that day was the punishment that we should have endured. Now, I want you to see this in Matthew 27. And uh, verse 45, Matthew 27:45, it says, "Now from the sixth hour there was darkness over all the land upon the ninth hour, And about the ninth hour, Jesus cried with a loud voice, saying, Eli, Eli, Laba Sabatany." That is to say, "My God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me?" When have you ever seen that in scripture anywhere else? You've never seen where, where God the Father has forsaken the Son. Never have you seen that in any case of scripture. Never has it happened. But why at this point is Jesus saying that God has forsaken him? Why is Jesus saying that God has turned his back on him? Why? Because at that moment in time, God had put all the sins. He charged Jesus, the body of Christ. He took all of our sins and put them on Jesus. And now Jesus was paying the price, the penalty for all of us. He died on the cross carrying our sins. And what happened next? He's carrying our sins. Well, the Bible says clearly uh, that Jesus went into the lower parts of the earth. He carried our sins with him into the lower parts of the earth. Well, what are you doing down there with them, Jesus? Two, two main things we can see there. One is that, uh, here again, He's paying the penalty for our sins. So the wages of sin is death, and all sinners go to hell when you die. Hear me. All sin, there's none righteous, no, not one. So all sinners from the most vile or or whoever, they all will go to hell. So Jesus at that point had all the sins of humanity on him. You can't go to heaven like that. Are you hearing me? You can't go to heaven with sin on you. So all of this sin, now how do we know again that he has sin on him? Because God has turned his back. God has forsaken him. Jesus says, "Father, why have you forsaken me? Where are you? Where are you?" The presence of the Father lifted off of him. Why? Because there was the sin of all humanity, my sin, your sin, now on the cross, and uh, all that sin, or we could say also the wrath of God, was poured out upon the body of the Lord Jesus. All of that. Thinking about the whipping and the beating and the the crown of thorns, beating. He was beat so much. That he was beyond recognition on the cross, he was a bloody, uh, he was bloody and back torn out. Everything was terrible. The the, the nails in his in his uh, wrist and the nails in his feet. All of that terrible the wrath of God was poured out upon the body of Jesus after he died he went down into hell because that's where sinners go if you have sin that's where you go he goes down into hell and now he has to go into the lowest parts of hell hear me he has to go into the lowest parts of hell he has to go to where the most vile and wicked people would go or else salvation our salvation would not be complete he has to pay the total price. And so as he goes down into hell and the place of torment, the place of fire, what's happening to our sins in that place? He's the sin is being burned up. It's being burned up off of him, which is exactly te- what takes place there in the Old Testament as the um, as the lamb or the goat uh, after as they bring that lamb for sacrifice. In the Old Testament remember that was a shadow of the Lord Jesus Christ to come they brought that lamb in for sacrifice they they um, killed the lamb shedding his blood and then they took the lamb's body I mean the lamb they didn't just stop there with the shedding of blood they took the lamb's body and they burned it up are you hearing me they put that they took the body and they burned they burned the lamb and of course they had a great feast afterwards but they, the lamb, here again, the lamb was slain for the worshiper that was coming. All right? Remember in the Old Testament, every worshiper had to come and bring their own lamb for sacrifice. And that lamb would pay the price for them. They brought the lamb in. They should have died. The judgment of God should have been on them. And the worshipers realized that when they brought that lamb in. But they brought the lamb in and that lamb would be slain by the high priest. So that lamb would die instead of them. God said the the wages of sin is death. All sin, the wages of all sin, it is death. We are doomed to die. And the father knew that even in the Old Testament under the law. So he told them, tell you what, I love y'all so much, I don't want you to die. So here's what the Lord said, here's what, what I will accept. If you take a lamb, a turtle dove, or, or take a bull or a goat, and you bring it in, the Lord said, um, you kill it, the, my wrath will be on it. That must die. And its blood would be shed, and you'll have a putting away of sin. Old Testament, you could put your sin away, but it would not permanently Uh, The person would not permanently receive forgiveness because it could not be done. Only with the spotless blood of the Messiah could that take place where all sin will be forgiven, period, for all generations. Are you hearing me? Please stay with me. Please stay with me. And so here again in the Old Testament, the, the, the lamb had to die so the worshiper could go free. Same thing. Now, all that was a shadow of what would take place in the body of Jesus Christ. Uh, now, so Jesus hung on the cross for our offenses, uh, just like in the old Testament, the worshipers come and, uh, And all of our sins goes on that lamb. And at that moment, God judges the sin. Boom! And the blood is shed. And then after they uh, have finished with the lamb, they take that lamb into the fire and it is burned. The sins are burned away, which is exactly what took place in the life of Jesus Christ. As he goes into the lower parts of the earth, the sins are burned off of him. Well, how do we know that the sins are burned off of him? Because on the third day, he rose from the dead. Are you hearing me? And he is seen sitting on the right hand of God. Now, before his death on the cross, he says, the Lord Jesus said, Father, why have you forsaken me? You turn your back on me because of the sin. But when he comes up from the grave. What? He's going right there in heaven and sitting on the right hand of God. What happened? The sins have been burned up in the lake of fire, burned up, period. Hallelujah. Every sin that you would when you receive Jesus Christ as a Lord and Savior of your life, every single sin that you would have ever committed, past, present and future, there is no record of it. Why? Because they've been burned up in the lake of fire. The work is fully completed. And the resurrection of Jesus Christ is proof that the father has received it. Amen. Amen. Are you hearing me? Hallelujah. Yes. Hallelujah. So let's, let's, look at, let's look at even more scripture. Let's go to 1 Corinthians 15. 1 Corinthians 15. Now, there's so much more on this buffet table. We're not going to be able to get it all today, but we'll get just a little bit. Amen. Now, here in 1 Corinthians 15, some people were saying there is no such thing as a resurrection. They were actually saying that, and Paul was trying to tell them, "Hey, y'all are cuckoo, you're baddie, something wrong with you." And he begins to uh, to deal with him. and we'll we can start here at um, verse number one. Are y'all stay with me so far? Amen. He says, "Moreover, brethren." I declare unto you the gospel which I preach unto you, which also ye have received, and wherein ye stand, by which also ye are saved. If ye keep in memory uh, what I preached unto you, unless ye have believed in vain. Verse 3. For I delivered unto you, first of all, that which I also received. How that Christ died, why? For our sins. Do you see that in your Bible? I'm telling you, it's wonderful to bring your Bibles. It said, how that Christ died, why? Why did Christ die? For our sins. According to the scriptures. And that he was buried. That he rose again the third day. According to the scriptures. And that he was seen of Cephas. Then of the twelve, after that he was seen above seen of above five hundred brethren at once, of whom the greater part remain unto this present, uh, but some have fallen asleep, or some are dead, some die after that he has uh, he was seen of James, then of all the apostles, and last of all he was seen of me also, as of one born out of due time so Paul said what do you mean there's no resurrection from the dead he said I've seen him myself other people have seen him here again the proof and the power one of the proof or power of the resurrection is that um, one that the sacrifice of Jesus Christ was accepted of God it was accepted of God which means that we have forgiveness of sins are you hearing me Now here again, why is that important? Because the Bible says clearly that all flesh, there is none righteous among all flesh. That means that every member, every person, every boy or girl, man or woman born of the blood of Adam and Eve has sin and is accounted for the wrath and judgment of God everyone on this planet that has been born or that will ever be born of the lineage of adam and eve if you have not been born out of the adam and eve then you're from some other planet okay because of that original sin because it's not necessarily because of what you have done necessarily but it comes from adam and eve the bloodline it was contaminated There's sin in that blood and every human being that passes what's called the age of accountability will uh, rather is accounted unto the wrath of God because of the sin that's in the line. What do I mean by age accountability? Uh, age, the age the age of accountability is when a person can intelligently receive the gospel and intelligently make a decision. Now babies get a free ride to heaven. Nowhere in the world they could intelligently understand what's going on here. Uh, those with mental uh, disabilities, mental defects get a free ride because they cannot uh, they cannot possibly be able to uh, determine right, right or wrong. They can't make the choice. Are you hearing me? Amen. So they get a free ride. Praise the Lord. Amen. God has already made provision for them. Amen. They are as innocents, so to speak. So. But for the rest of us that can intelligently make a decision, we are accounted for wrath unless there is a lamb to take our place. And there is the lamb of God, Jesus Christ. So you think about it. Why did Jesus have to die such a horrible, horrific death? Because the punishment for sin is horrible. It is horrific. And for someone to say, God. I don't want Jesus in my life, but I still want to go to heaven. I still, I still, I still want you to see me as okay. It is if they walk over the cross, walk over the body of Jesus, but still want God's right hand of fellowship. When God said, I'll let that happen to my son for you. Because the, the punishment, remember the punishment always fits the crime. The sin of humanity was upon Christ. And if you think about the crime and the punishment that he endured, that's why it was so brutal. Are you hearing me Amen. now? Let's look at a couple more scriptures. And then we'll close out today. I want you to see this also in in the book of Romans. The book of Romans, uh, Romans four, you can either make a note of it uh, or I'm just going to read it. Romans four, verse twenty five, four, twenty five says this is this is talking about Jesus who was delivered for our offenses. He was delivered to the cross. He was delivered uh, to be uh, tormented because of us, because of the sins of all mankind. The Bible says clearly that he was delivered for our offenses. And look here again, the power of the resurrection, it says, and was raised again for our justification. He was delivered for our offenses our sin but he was raised for our justification now what does justification mean remember justification means in short just if I had not sinned justified just if I had not done it the work of Christ was so perfect so complete that when God looks at you As a born-again believer, he does not see the sin. He sees it just as if you had never done it. He was raised for our justification. Now we look in Romans 5 verse 18. Romans 5 verse 18, it says this. Therefore, as by the offense of one, judgment came upon all men to condemnation. Here again, talking about that sin of Adam. Hear me. I pray you hear this. By the judgment, by the offense of one, by the offense of Adam. It's not talking about what Eve did. Remember, Adam uh, was first there. He was the head. And when he partook of it, then judgment came. Nothing happened after Eve ate it. Ate of the forbidden fruit, but it took place judgment fell, or condemnation fell, after Adam aided by the offense of one. Look at what it says. This is Romans 518. It says, therefore, uh, as by the offense of one judgment came upon all men to condemnation. Now, here again, someone says, well, I. Well, I, I live a pretty good life. I don't hurt anybody. I try not to talk bad about anybody. I try not to do anything bad, you know, so I, I think I'm pretty good. It doesn't matter how many people you help cross the street or it doesn't matter how much money you give here and there. Your righteousness is as a filthy rag yes. and is a stench in the nostrils of God. You cannot be good enough by yourself. Because of the offense of one, here again, it is written in your Bible. If you don't believe the Bible, I can't help you. Romans 5, Amen. Romans 5 verse 18 says again, therefore, as by the offense of one judgment came upon all men to condemnation because of what Adam did. And we're all children of Adam and Eve. Because of what happened then, all men, the Bible says all men, all women, all, all mankind, all human beings have now the uh, now have a death sentence on you. There is condemnation hanging over the head because of what Adam has done. The father has seen that and has sent a remedy into the earth. And that remedy is Jesus Christ. And listen, it says again, um, verse 18. Romans 5, therefore, as by the offense of one, judgment came upon all men to condemnation. Even so, by the righteousness of one, the free gift came upon all men uh, unto justification to life. Adam started it, but Jesus finished it. In short, that is what that's saying. Adam started the mess, but Jesus finished it. He reversed it. Now, all we have to do is believe in the finished work of Jesus Christ. All we have to do is invite him into our hearts and God will count your sins as if you had never done it. The work has already been accomplished. It has already been accomplished. It, it is as if someone was going to go into, uh, let's say, the World Series or the Super Bowl. And those tickets can be somewhat up to eight hundred dollars, thousands and thousands of dollars just to get in. Let's say someone has uh, already paid for your ticket, already purchased your ticket and left at the front counter for you. And you get up there and you want to get in. You really need to get in there. You're excited about to get in there, but you fumble around your pockets and you see that you don't have enough money to make it inside. So you're fumbling and you're fumbling, you don't have it. So you go around begging and begging and begging and whining. Can you help me get in? Can you help me get in? Can you help me get in? You're going through all this unnecessary pain when the ticket has already been paid for. All you have to do is go up and say, may I have my ticket, please? I receive my ticket and then enter on the inside. The work has already been accomplished. So those that are saved will do good things, but I don't do good things to be saved. The work has already been done. When you receive what Jesus has done in your heart and your life, when you believe in and what He's accomplished, you already have access into heavenly things. Now, let me finish this today with in Romans the third chapter. There is so much more. Romans the third chapter. Now, someone says, "Well, I believe in heaven, but it's listen. Heaven has no, or judgment has no definition, or let me say it this way: mercy has no definition really without judgment." There's always in the, the Chinese culture would say a yin and a yang. <laughs> you know, you say you believe in heaven, then you must also believe in hell. And we know here again in, in Revelations, I believe the third chapter at the end, we we mentioned this last time that at the end of time, God will wipe away all tears from our eyes. Those that are saved, those that are born again, those receive the, the word of life. Why is God going to do that? Because there are so many among mankind that would choose to reject Jesus and go to hell. Why would they be going to hell? Because again, in Romans, the Romans, the fifth chapter, verse 18, that because of the, because of one man's offense, judgment passed unto all men. It wasn't it wasn't that they were all axe murderers or or rapists and all these things. They may have been some uh, some good people that never hurt anybody, but their goodness is not good enough to give them entrance into heaven. There's only there's only one way by which man must be saved, and that's in the name of Jesus. It's not in the name of good works. You must receive Jesus Christ as a Lord and Savior of your life or hell will be your eternal home. Pastor, I don't believe that. I don't believe that. Well, the Bible says very clearly that at that day, the last day, it said every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God. Everybody, every knee shall bow. Now we can either stand before God in peace and it's my job. Hear me. It is my job. And I'm going to get to this and we're going to close out. It is my job knowing the truth, knowing what God had said, knowing that hell is a reality, knowing that there hell is a place of torment and torture for an eternity. Remember, human beings are eternal. We are eternal beings. We will live somewhere. We won't just go away to nothingness we are man is a spirit he lives in body possesses possesses a soul we will live somewhere either with the lord in throughout eternity in heavenly places or we will live and exist in hell hell is a place of torment is a place of torture where men go and even um the fallen angels go to atone or to pay for their sins forever forever But Jesus said, you don't have to go that way. He has already made a way. Remember John 3, 16, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believes in him shall not perish or should not perish, but have everlasting life. The father has gone through some tremendous expense. He's not even telling us in this time, hey, come in, give your life to my son, Jesus, and be perfect all your life. No, the father says he knows that you're going to make excuses or rather. He knows that yeah, make excuses and and he knows that we're going to make mistakes. And when you do make a mistake, as the Bible declares in first John, he says, confess your faults, confess your sins before him. And he's faithful and just to forgive you and cleanse you from all sin and unrighteousness. He knows you. And he knows what's going on with you. And he's trying desperately. And that's why he sent preachers into the earth today to speak this word, to to try. And I'm trying. I'm As Paul said, I beseech you, therefore, brethren and sisters, be ye reconciled to God. How much time do you think you have left on this planet? While you are alive, we can make the decision for Christ, but you cannot make it after you're dead. You can only make that decision right now as there's blood still circulating through your veins. The father has made a way for you. He has made a way. He has made a way. Let's read this last little bit and then we're going to close out for today. In Romans, the third chapter, I'm going to read this to you out of the New Living Translation. I love the way it reads and I believe that some of it, some of the New Living Translation I can't get into, but this one I definitely can. I want you to hear this. Let's make it make it very clear to you. Romans three, verse 22. It says we are made right with God by placing our faith in Jesus Christ. And this is true for everyone who believes no matter who we are. Verse 23, for everyone has sinned. We all fall short of God's glorious standard. Yet God, with undeserved kindness, declares that we are righteous. He did this through Jesus Christ when he freed us from the penalty for our sins. For God presented Jesus as the sacrifice for sin. Remember that on the cross? God presented Jesus as a sacrifice for our sin. People are made right with God when they believe that Jesus Sacrifice his life shed uh, shedding his blood this sacrifice shows that God was being fair when he held back and did not punish those who sin in times past for he was looking ahead and including them in what uh, what he would do in this present time God did this to demonstrate his righteousness for he himself is fair and just and he declares hear this. And he declares sinners to be right in his sight when they believe in Jesus. God declares sinners to be right in his sight when they believe in Jesus. God declares sinners to be right in his sight when they believe in Jesus. Are you hearing me? So there is absolutely no excuse. If anyone goes to hell or when people go to hell, they have to step over the grace of God. They step over the mercy of God. God has already provided a way. Going back to the Super Bowl uh, illustration, if someone tries to break in and uh, say, well, I'm going to get in some other way, I'm going to climb up over here and they get arrested and thrown in jail, uh, there's nobody's fault but their own. All they had to do is go to the ticket counter and tell them their name and say, I received the gift that was provided for me and just go on in. If they go into a place of torment and torture for an eternity, it is nobody's fault but their own. That's why God said, when you hear his voice, don't harden your heart. Don't harden your heart. I'm not sure who I'm preaching today, who the Lord is speaking to today. But don't harden your heart. Don't resist the Holy Spirit. The Father has gone through some tremendous trouble for us. Tremendous trouble. Just so that we could be home with him for an eternity. But not just an eternal reward. There are rewards right here on this earth right now. Hallelujah. You don't have to die and go to hell to live in hell right now. You can live in hell right now. And it's a shame to live in hell and then die and go to hell. When you don't have to, you do not have to. I pray you receive the word of God today. We'll stop there in Jesus' mighty name. We thank you, Lord. Come on and stand in Jesus' mighty name. So what's the big deal about resurrection? The resurrection proves... The resurrection of Jesus Christ proves that God has accepted the sacrifice. It proves the resurrection proves that I am forgiven of my sins. The resurrection proves that God has power over our worst enemy, death. The resurrection proves that Jesus is the son of God. The resurrection proves that Jesus is the lamb of God. It proves that it proves it. What's the importance of it? If Jesus did not get up, then we are still dead in our sins. If Jesus did not get up, then our faith is in vain. If Jesus did not get up, then we are most men miserable. But because he did get up, we have access into the most holy place, the presence of God. Father, we thank you today for the resurrection power. Of Jesus Christ, we thank you for raising. Remember, if you would like to hear more about our ministry, just log on to kingdomrock.org. That's kingdomrock.org.